back to In Reality. I am Omar Torres. And I'm Dom Maldonado. Dom, how are you today, man? I'm doing all right, man. I'm in, uh, I'm in fucking Kansas City, man. Kansas City, Missouri. Not, yeah. Actually, I'm in Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. It's one of those border towns. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I saw a show called, yeah, I think it was called, like, Border Town. Yeah. Oh, it's how the states got their shapes. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They talk about all that stuff. Yeah, there's not a... So, Kansas City, Missouri is, like, where all the, the big fun shit is at. And Kansas City, Kansas, ironically, given its namesake, uh, like, no money makes it out this way. It gets bad real quick, man. It gets to fucking <laughs> Skid Row, Sketchville, talking... Nigga was eating gas station tacos when you cross the state line. And I had money in my pocket, but there's just, you know, there's no fucking infrastructure here, man. You just fuck. So, uh, word of caution. If you're coming out to uh, Kansas City, either one of these motherfuckers, make sure you hang out on the Missouri side. Copy that. Yeah. Um, so, as, if you haven't noticed by now, we are in different places. And we're trying this new thing out. We where Dom is in one place, I'm in another, and we record simultaneously audio tracks, and then in post, we will put them together and see how it gets together and if it works. And Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, uh, was it like Vegito or Gogeta? Yeah. We're going to fuse together. Yeah. Fuse. Become a super badass. Yeah. Ha! You know it. You gotta do it too. You gotta do it too. Otherwise, it's like oh, (laughs) oh, it's right. Or as it gets all fucked up. Oh, that's right. We'll just do the earring. Yeah, (laughs) we. I'll get one earring. You get the other. Speaking of fucked up, Omar, how fucked up would it be if you had to live not only in the hood, but live basically in one of the largest fucking dumpsters uh, in the world, perhaps? Right. How do you know how my childhood went? That's exactly what it was like. (laughs) Oh, beach. (laughs) That's right. It's that South Florida (laughs) flow. Imagine if it was even worse than that. Like, yeah, just really fucking bad. (laughs) I I wouldn't be happy. (laughs) But then again, what's happiness? You know, it's relative. Uh, State of mind and a whole lot of money and bad bitches cars any athlete that's made it out the hood will tell you what happiness is right so basically what dom is trying to get at is our movie for today which is trash the movie trash uh small that's right there's a lot of films named trash yeah so we might need to be more specific about which trash (laughs) titled film we're talking about because there's a lot of them yeah that i saw online that share that title (laughs) Yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, give a little bit of breakdown about the cast and crew. Yeah, so this one is Trash, made in 2015. Uh, Got 64% on the tomato meter, 70% on the audience score. Uh, This one was directed by Stephen Daldry. Hope I'm saying that right. Written by uh, Richard Curtis and Felipe Braga. Braga, that's a mafia name right there. (laughs) Fucking Braga. Uh, Starring. So it's that trash. Oh, yeah, of course. How could I forget? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Rooney Mara, Lynn, Martin Sheen, and... Oh, yeah, how could I forget? Three yeah, Martin Sheen. unknown Brazilians. <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, that, that that was crazy. This, this is a really good film. I had extremely low expectations because Omar suggested it and he insisted it. 
And I was like, fuck, he's going to punish me and make me watch some stupid shit. Like, because no he feels fate. I need to suffer through film. Because he went to film school. No and if I don't, you know, engage in this terrible, fucked up film, then I'm not really a film head. But he was a good, he was a good choice. I, I'd go so far as to let him choose another fucking movie. This is a good one. <laughs> That's what I like to So hear. thank you, Omar, for putting me on to this. Yeah, it's a foreign film, which and I really wanted to do a foreign film. It's a diverse cast, you know. Yeah. Uh, they all have brown skin. Some of them even browner than ours. <laughs> I like that. Um, and it's set in extremely epic poverty conditions, and I actually like that. You know, it's not a whitewashed, you know, fantasy uh, you know, where they all live in Elysium. Yes. It, it's, so so it's real quick, up. some some plot stuff and some kind of backstory about the uh, about the movie is that um, it takes place in Brazil and it's these three young boys. They are Brazilian actors. Well, they were non-actors. And then uh, the director, who was also the director of Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close and uh, some other uh, larger films, he uh, took these non-actors kids and he kind of worked with them for a couple months to gauge these characters and create a realistic portrayal of the events and um, and this was filmed just before the uh, World Cup came to Brazil and so they were kind of gentrifying i guess not really just kind of making things really nice for all these visitors to come in and people were protesting that along with the olympics that were coming um and the whole big where's our money going and all this corrupt politics and everything like that was very present and it definitely showed in the film <laughs> I, yeah, they did a great job, I feel, paralleling, is that a word, realities and reality. Yeah. They did a damn good job because I'm still curious where the fuck the money's going. If this was, you know, so one site said it was 2015, another one says 2014. But basically, in this very modern world, how the fuck you got a World Cup and an Olympics <laughs> and all that damn trash, motherfuckers swimming in trash. Oh, my. Like, some of this shit, even though, like, a lot of it. It's shot in daytime and like what seems to be natural light. And it, it almost like glorifies this trash lifestyle because they get paid because they recycle all these bottles. And it's like, yeah, hey, we're hardworking Brazilians. But I'm like, yo, it is fuck, man. Like there's so much trash, hepatitis. Like I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, there's just needles, broken bottles and used condoms if they use them, <laughs> you know, just everywhere. Right. Just blood and semen on everything. And these poor kids have to live through this. That's what and one scene... I can only imagine... One scene is like oh my the God. guy, one of the kids picking through the trash. And then like as he's picking through the trash, he sees a girl. And the girl walks up to him like, hey, what's up? Like you could never... That could never happen. <laughs> Not in American reality. Not for us, Omar A. Torres. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's crazy. And it's like... And she's you know generally interested. And it's just like this you know, a nationwide paradigm that, you know, we are, you know, in this level of poverty. And this is, it's nothing to be so ashamed of that you will not be able to speak, you know, you're still treated as a human being by other people that, you know, see themselves as human beings to those cartel motherfuckers that live life as a god. 
definitely not gonna be a human being. Speaking of cartel, so in cast, Wagner Mora, who plays uh, Jose Angelo, which is the Jose. Uh, he's like the prologue yeah, of this whole story, and he is. Uh, would you say he's the protagonist? He's like the one that sets all this shit in motion. Well, I, I wouldn't and call. We him just see flashbacks of him. I would just say he he was a essential character, a vital piece of the uh, the plot line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd I'd still say he was a protagonist because, you know, as the plot develops, we find out that he was trying to, you know, release all these, basically the Panama Papers, right, about these corrupt motherfuckers um, so that he can get his homie out of jail who had uh, been in prison there falsely, you know, for human rights uh, activism, you know. And a lot of governments still today don't want to see that shit, right? Black Lives Matter, Brazilian Lives Matter, you know. Poor lives matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, only in Jesus' eyes, apparently. So when I see him in heaven, you know. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be set. If I get up to heaven and I just get like a leased car, right, in an apartment, mm-hmm. and I still got to live in a dryer dump, oh my God, I'd be so upset about religion if the rich people stay rich in heaven and I still got to live piss poor. Speaking of. But I digress. Yeah, so. they do talk <laughs> about religion a lot. Religion is actually a, a big factor in the movie. The uh, character Martin Sheen plays Martin Sheen. is yeah. a priest and uh, not a, drunkard. a oh, great yeah. one. <laughs> a little bit rambunctious. He drinks. Uh, and But he does kind of take care of some of the younger mm-hmm. people. And even the older people that are living in this society of poverty. Yeah. But I feel like he has to drink to keep himself balanced. Like you live in a in a dump. I think drinking is the least of your right, your your holy problems right now. <laughs> you know, I'm honestly thinking about staph infections and shit. So you wanna drink? Yo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. One really interesting aspect of this is um the director talks about uh, his two kind of main uh, English-speaking characters in the movie, Martin Sheen and Rooney Mara. And Martin Sheen actually, he mentions after Apocalypse Now, did about 10 years in the Philippines as kind of like a missionary doing basically the same work helping rebuild houses and things like that for people in the philippines and uh rooney mara is actually an activist as well and kind of has her own um her own charity to support people i'm not sure if it was haiti um i know it was somewhere very poverty stricken that could use some Detroit <laughs> was it Detroit Michigan was it Miami was it Flint Michigan <laughs> was it Compton Fly City no I'm just um, but if she really is doing that that's what's up I didn't realize that she was the same actress like she looked familiar but I did not you know stop the film because I was actually enjoying it mm-hmm. um, to see that she was the the lead actress from Girl Dragon Tattoo the yeah. Daniel Craig version yeah, yeah. I professionally, you know, personally prefer the foreign uh, was it trilogy that came out, but right. that was, that was a pretty you know decent remake of it. Um, so it was cool, you know. I was like, wow, all right, you know. Yeah, I think she's one of those um, actresses who definitely really looks at a script and says, "What can I bring to it?" 
and uh, you know I think she yeah, brought in this some case, of like what she saw some of the stuff she could bring with like her own activist stuff and kind of mm-hmm. en- enhanced it. and I like how they kept it like she was there and I, she was definitely you know a piece of the plot and the children even with their limited 50 words of English that they all knew combined they could still communicate to her in English you are white we are dark we need you white woman to help us I was like damn damn they'll do just fine in America they seem to know the rules pretty well and I mean you know and and it's I like how they really confront racism and uh, there is no solution like they know what they need to do but it's not like you know some happy ending it's like no you know there's you know it's just fucked you know law enforcement is fucked up and corrupt yeah um we are never you know you know it is what it is we're just trying to put the pieces together and you have this righteous kid Raphael, um who's trying to do the right thing and again religion kind of guides them and because they have the priest you know to help be that moral compass uh, i think that that really helps them uh as well yeah and uh but i think that it they so $10 million is missing, right? And the only thing I didn't really like about the film and I kind of kept another star away, nobody died. <laughs> $10 million in Latin America, somebody's got to die. At least 10 people. As many times as like all the died. guards and soldiers and that one fucked up detective, like, nope, nobody died? If, what the fuck? I'd kill 10 motherfuckers a day if I'm, you know goddamn drug lord kingpin nobody died i mean nobody died it made it a little too happy and campy for me and you know we fucking with the cartel 10 million dollars somebody gotta die in reality at least 10 motherfuckers would have died and narcos same actor right that we saw motherfuckers died for a lot less than 10 million dollars one dude died over a fucking game of billards goddamn pool i think I think why nobody died though is because we were sitting there focusing on the three boys you know what i mean and so like from the perspective of Mm -hmm. these three boys they were just running around doing whatever they could i'm sure with all that torture stuff going on (laughs) somebody probably died okay so rafael rafael who had been played by uh, rickson davis hope i said that right he almost died, but the officer really, who was, you know, asked to kill him, he didn't. But shouldn't that officer have been killed when the other guy find out that he didn't kill him? <laughs> Nobody died. You know what I'm saying? I think they yeah. could have made it a little bit darker and adhered a little bit more to the reality that we all know uh, is there. Because I don't think this is rated PG-13, you know? So nah, it was rated. Go R. Go, oh, you know, go R the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. But let's talk about that that torture scene though, because that was pretty intense. The first time I saw that, I was like, "Man, this is kind of this kind of wild." I didn't know that this was even a method of torture until he did it, and I could see like with the with the uh, those like gates that were on the police car. It was like those things were solid; <laughs> they were bumping around, and he was. He, mm-hmm. he took that bag talking, off that uh, first yeah. time, and it was just, just NFL-level concussions, yeah. Yeah, that was... That. And so I, when I saw that scene, that immediately reminded me of 
uh, Tarantino's Death Proof, uh, featuring Kurt Russell and uh, a bunch of dead chicks that he ends up killing throughout the film. Uh, their names don't come to mind this time. It's not because I, you know, misogynistic. It's you know, it's just a script. And that's how he kills uh, the first victim that we see. He says he's a stunt driver, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is where the camera goes in a stunt car." And he props up a little metal seat, no goddamn seatbelt. It says, you just sit here, and he just floors it, right? Badass muscle car, stops on a dime, pow, she hits her head. He shakes the bitch left and right, and it's just bam, 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 and just kills her from, you know, concussive blows, and uh, then combs his hair out with, like, you know, fucking switchblade comb and some shit. <laughs> and I was like, damn. I didn't, that was the first time I saw that, I was like, I didn't know you could, you know, no wonder this backseat's the safest place for a child. Can you see that shit? She got fucking rocked. And I guess uh, I guess these boys in Brazil, ones that told Quentin about it, because they, they just got right to work. Then they threw his ass in the trunk and did it some more. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah, that was... And nobody, like, second-guessed it. They were just doing donuts and shit. I'm like, god damn. Like, nobody gives a fuck. Like, I mean, yeah, they were running on roofs and, like, in the train, like, all that stuff. Like, <laughs> throughout the whole movie. They were, what is it? Um, he he just starts running through, like, the subway or something like that to distract the police officers. And they just go the other way. And then all of a sudden, like, shots break out in the middle of the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like... Now, here we go. Back again. In reality, with that, that complexion of skin, oh, you're going to get shot. And it's not going to be one motherfucker just shooting... Trying to aim, right, with piss poor vision. It's going to be whole crew motherfuckers, right, with the good LASIK surgery, and they will hit you. And I think that uh, in that scene, Raphael's character, he should have gotten shot. Not died, because he was the only, like, real righteous person saving the fucking day. But he should have got shot, and then that kind of would have, like, you know, added another dynamic of, like, shit, you know, time is against us, and now we really have to hurry Uh yeah <laughs> but yeah and they really had they had not committed any violent crime either but i don't know if in brazil if that matters damn sure don't matter in america so yeah i mean you know it's it's i think it was just really interesting to see um the brazilian way of the police force because we i mean I, I mean i think i speak for a lot of people when i say a lot of people in the u.s think that the police are a little bit corrupt every now and again here and there you know so yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to me i mean now. there's some good apples there's a lot of good lot of good law enforcement people yeah uh, i'm sure throughout the, the world but you know in america there's a lot of people that are trying to do it right a lot of people that really get it right unfortunately it only takes one bad motherfucker yeah right just abusing that that level of power and yeah. yeah. And of course, the you know, you see deaths and stuff, and it's like that terrible, but you don't see anything like, like in, like in the movie portraying Brazil. And I don't know how factual the portrayal of Brazilian crime is, but if it's anything like that, holy crap. <laughs> that stuff is real bad. They yeah. Really and they're living insane. in the dumpsters, man. That's another thing. They Even when they went swimming, there was just trash everywhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> fuck. I remember I used to work at a club and I have to take out trash. And like it, sometimes it would be leaking at the bottom with all the drinks that people had all night. And I'm like, oh, fucking gross. 
throw it in a dumpster and it's like, you know, it's just leaking. It's a fucking river of just, you know, yeah. just garbage juice shit from everybody's trash in every club in fucking Orlando. I mean, the, and, the kid lived in the sewer. So <laughs> I was, I Oh God. Like, yeah. Rats. So, oh my God. I legit looked up. Is there yeah, that sewer was sick. people? Was that Gabriel Weinstein? I think. Oh my God. That was fucking disgusting. I was like, God damn. And he, all you see is rats. And his nickname is rat. I'm like, Oh shit. God damn. That's so fucked. Oh my God. Like, it, you know he's eating rats, and he's shitting rats. Oh, my God. I just felt so bad for him. And you know he's got, like, tuberculosis out the ass, man. So I yeah. definitely was rooting for these motherfuckers to get that money. And then at the end, when they threw it all back, I felt like, ah, oh, why? But then I noticed. I did the math. Uh-huh. I did the math. They had three bags full of cash. $10 million. That's a little over three mil per bag. At the end, Margot has like anywhere between a third and half a bag left and he keeps for you know for them. I'm like, all right, so so they good. They got <laughs> you know between a mil, maybe two mil, right? That yeah. they, they can settle off. Because if you have too stats. much, you're a target. So they I think they proliferated, right? They gave out that money so that everybody keeps shut the fuck up. You know. Yeah. And kind of keeps everybody's mouth. You know what I'm saying? They they did it right. They made they was hood rich, they hood famous. I mean what and they it was kind of like a heist film. And I I mean yeah. what they did was they took what they needed, went off into their island or wherever they went. Everybody was looking for them, couldn't find them. They were like, oh, did the, do the police still have them? What's going on? They were sitting there chilling on the island with, you know, squatted up, just having a good time, yeah. whatever, not eating rats no more for their short life that after they realized more. that they got oh, Zika virus for their short life after that. You know they're gonna be good. They, I think they'll be immune to Zika, bro. <laughs> if they didn't live through all them fucking shits that came through the trash down that pipe, and they all right. Remember, they swim in that shit. You know what I'm saying? God damn. I don't know, like, man. I that think Zika is be serious, right. man. I have seen some video on that stuff, man. They're, nobody's immune in Brazil. I seen them over there. That's why I'm not going to see y'all. When the Olympics come, this might be dating me because this might be this might be uh, put out after the Olympics. But you know, the uh, <laughs> well, that's that's real. That's real. Well, on that note, whether or not I think I think you would. I think if you had a fully expenses paid trip to get your rocks off in Brazil at the Olympics, <laughs> I think you would. And I have a question for you, Omar. If this film were in your hands, in some way, the production. What would you have done differently? Uh, I mean, in what sense? Like, are you, like, where would I have, would I have cast? Like, you're you're making a really good film. Like, I personally would have, you know, killed off a few characters. What would you have done as far as story, production, you know, score, set mm. design, you know, anything? Well, would you have changed the ending? Uh, I mean, I think the ending is pretty good. I think what. I had an interesting time kind of grasping uh, was in the plot there's like a very tonal shift um, it's towards the end so I I guess it's I guess it bothered me more than it'll bother a lot of other people but it's like when it goes from it, it has all the action and they're running around the kids and they're uh, 
running away from the cops and they go into that little bunker area well it's not a bunker because it's wide open <laughs> so it's like the opposite of a bunker it's it but, the, the abandoned apartment uh, unit. it's a bando as they say bando bando right but um yeah they go into that area and um and then they get the phone number and they go to the graveyard and it's like a complete tonal shift and all of a sudden it's like dark and moody and um and i don't remember the other two characters rat and uh marco Margo. rat and marco are like Margo, suddenly yeah. like best friends <laughs> and they're like rapping and having a good time and Raphael's suddenly a loner he's off like figuring out the world and like praying and all this stuff and it's like it seems it seemed a little bit out of the way of what was going on and then uh, they reintroduced the police officer who has come alone for some Jose reason. Dumont. Well, that's because he's about to get that money and he don't want nobody to bear witness to that. And, yeah. Uh, okay. Excuse me, not Margo's name's Gardo. And Gardo was the one, you know, that kind of set all that shit into motion because he's the one that kind of like instigated that conversation with this very corrupt uh, policeman, uh, Carlos. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And remember, Carlos can't kill anybody because uh, he's not sure if the money's really there. And if he fucks up yeah. and kills him, then, you know, that fucks up the whole Scooby-Doo mystery. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think that that part was a little weird. It was kind of jarring from everything else. Yeah. Um, and they also, like, introduced the uh, the daughter of Jose. Yeah. And, yeah. like, they, when, they reintroduce, when they introduce her, she kind of looks like uh, an angel. Like, she's, like, glowing. Like, Definitely. she's a ghost. And then, yeah. like... <laughs> and then, like what you're like wait is she a ghost because he's like he talks he's to tripping her off all for the all that says, adrenaline oh, and the trash here? yeah 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 but so. altogether really good film really good film i highly suggested if you're illiterate probably not going to be worth it because you have to read the subtitles if you get it dubbed it's probably not worth it because you lose i think that tonal intensity that comes with the natural language yeah. Uh, yeah, go see more foreign films, people. People yeah. go watch foreign films. They're not Definitely. that bad. Your not eyes at all. Not at all. Because foreigners damn sure watch our foreign films. Right? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. help them out. You know what I'm saying? Support your local country. And not, not just Canadian films. You know, them, them shits don't count as much. We, we're talking really foreign. <laughs> some overseas, some Latin American shit. Uh, shout out the movie database. Shout out IMDb. Shout out Letterboxd uh, and Rotten Tomatoes for making all this wonderful fucking film knowledge available uh, at a lovely little keystroke. Uh, Omar, anything you want to add to this? Where can they find you? Uh, you guys can find me at letterboxd.com slash the O-Man. One word, no dashes or anything. And uh, my Twitter is on there as well. I don't use it, but it's there with some of my other information and uh you can see what i'm looking at reviewing rating and uh yeah what about you don oh you know i'm saying uh letterbox.com slash southern scholar because i am just a young student of film so <laughs> on that note we're gonna get the fuck up out of here uh if you got any comments suggestions just let us know gladly take them 
And, uh, you know, maybe we'll do your next favorite film. Some shit like that. <laughs> yep. All right. In reality, out.